You were called to make the world brighter, to run on the front lines, to cast vision where it had not yet landed. You are not gifted to be a random burst of energy, but a consistent force that enables the world to hear beauty, see potential, and write stories in a way that points the world to Jesus. Provoke and inspire. Welcome to the Provoke and Inspire podcast. My name is Ben Pierce. I am the host of this show. Uh, and with me is David Pierce in Germany. Uh, hello, David. Welcome to the show. It's great to be with everyone tonight. <laughs> or today, depending on your time zone. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, David, like I said, is in Germany. So he is currently uh, using the internet to have this conversation. So let's hope that it holds up. But this is the Provoke and Inspire podcast. Uh, usually it includes uh, four people. It includes Chad Johnson and Luke Greenwood. But this is sort of a extra edition bonus episode that we are bringing to you outside of our typical rhythm. And we're doing that because uh, there is a very relevant, timely issue for us to discuss. Uh, and we just didn't have time to make it more of a regular part of our schedule. And so we are we pulled this together, and uh, what we want to talk about today is, is contentious, it's deeply personal, um, and it's related to the Dr. Ford and Brett Kavanaugh situation um, here in the U.S., relating to his nomination to the Supreme Court in our country, uh, and to her testimony of, of some events that happened many years ago um, that, of course, deeply impact this whole situation. So I'm going to get into that in a little bit more depth here for those that are not familiar with that. But before I do, I do want to mention that if you're listening to this, our heart in this podcast is to bring the Jesus perspective. And so we'd love for this to be a place that you could turn to for some understanding or maybe some insight into how you should respond, how you should react as a follower of Jesus to the various things that happen in our culture. And there are many difficult things for us to navigate uh, in times that we need to react to and and it can become very easy to get uh, pulled in one direction or another and sort of lose sight of how Jesus might want us to respond. And so our heart in this particular podcast, and really in all podcasts, is to to try to ask the question, how would Jesus have us respond? And so again, with this deeply personal issue, that that is the purpose of what we're trying to do here. And 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 what we're not trying to do here necessarily in this case is give our specific opinion about the specific case. Now, there's going to be some of that that's going to come out that's unavoidable. Let me just get into that, and then we can we can kind of talk about uh, the way we're going to approach this. So for those that, I don't know, maybe don't own any sort of form of media or maybe have any, I was going to say any friends, but that pitches it quite negative. It's possible you have friends and don't know what's going on. Uh, there is a, um, a very serious event happening here in the politics of the U.S. Uh, President Trump uh, nominated a man by the name of Brett Kavanaugh to our Supreme Court. Uh, and this is the highest court in, in the land. There's nine Supreme Court judges, and they are responsible for making some of the most important decisions that affect the, the political and cultural backdrop of our country. President Trump nominated Brett Kavanaugh. He was uh, beginning to go through the process. This is actually the second judge that Trump will have now nominated for this court. Uh, and fairly late in the process, um, allegations began to emerge from Dr. Christine Ford that alleged that back in the early 80s when she was 15, um, she was at a party with a then 17-year-old Brett Kavanaugh and his friend Mark Judge, uh, and they essentially corralled her into a room, 
uh, pinned her to a bed. I mean, it's very horrible that the account of, of um, what she alleged happened. Um, essentially, they, they attempted to sexually assault her, covered her mouth when she screamed. It was horrible. Um, she was able, according to her, to get out of the situation um, and, and managed to escape. Um, and now all these years later, um, she's coming out and, and sort of um, telling the world what she remembers happened. Um, at this point, no witnesses have come forward to corroborate Dr. Ford's versions of the events. Um, though several students that attended the same schools, Dr. Ford in the 80s, have signed a statement that similar situations happen frequently. That's what she alleges. Um, Mark Judge denies Dr. Ford's allegations entirely. Uh, Dr. Ford has testified that one of her lifelong friends, Leland Kaiser, was at the party where the alleged incident happened, but Ms. Kaiser does not remember being at the party, did not know Kavanaugh, but did say she believes her friend's story. So that, that's the very um, heart-wrenching account of what she says had happened, what she alleges has happened. Um, I do think it's important to also mention the political backdrop real quickly because there's a lot at stake in this beyond, of course, the devastation of what may or may not have happened. Um, as I mentioned, Brett Kavanaugh was appointed to the Supreme Court. Um, he'll replace the retiring um, judge, Anthony Kennedy, who has since 2005, or even before that, been the swing vote on many of the court's most ideologically charged decisions. So he's responsible largely for the 5-4 rulings. Remember, there's nine judges, and so right. nine judges, it can't end in a tie. And he's often been the swing vote to determine a lot of major decisions, like the legalization of same-sex marriage, the preservation of Roe v. Wade, um, overturning D.C.'s handgun ban, and, and many I other— I think you need to explain to our international listeners what Roe v. Wade is. I don't think they would, they would know. It's the Supreme Court ruling to basically legalize abortion. It's very complicated, um, but it's one of the most pivotal political decisions in our country um, that really established the culture for the years to come. Like I said, legalizing legalizing abortion. Of course, there's many tentacles to that, but that's essentially what it did. So there are there is a lot at stake here because he, along with the the first person that Trump nominated, will essentially turn the tide. No longer will it be a 5-4 uh, liberal majority. If Brett Kavanaugh gets put on the court, it will now become a 5-4 conservative bent. It will become in that direction. And of course, the implications for that for the country are massive. I mean, a lot of people you know, on the, the left side of things fear that it right. would essentially reverse a lot of the decisions that have happened uh, over recent years. And so you have this political backdrop, you have this cultural backdrop with a lot of people being very afraid what this means politically, what this means culturally. Um, but then, of course, you have in the middle of all that, this this very tragic situation of of uh, this culture of, of um, sexual abuse and women coming out now all the time and, and men in power being accused and many of them being guilty of sexual assault. And you're sort of seeing this day of reckoning. So you have a very murky very complex situation, and, and it, it comes with a lot of conspiracies, a lot of uh, political implications, a lot of personal implications. And, and I think it's really important, despite my very long intro here, to, to lay out for you the situation. Because as a follower of Jesus, I think we are responsible to, first of all, know what's happening in our world. Um, to be not be ignorant of what's going on, but then also know as followers of Jesus, how are we supposed to respond? How, how are we supposed to look at a situation like this and, and really try to reflect the heart and character of Jesus? 
and, and so, David, I'm, I'm just, I got a couple of points here that I want to kind of throw out to you, and then I'll just get you to react. Um, the, the first of which is that I think the first thing that a follower of Jesus needs to do in a situation like this is to pause, right? I think we have become so reflexive. We've become so knee-jerk in our responses. We instantly make judgments on things. I think we need to heed the words of James in James 1.19 when he says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I think our society could really benefit from this wisdom that maybe the first thing we should do in a deeply difficult and, and personal situation like this is to simply pause and not react so quickly. Wouldn't you say that's a good place to start? Yeah, I think that's a big part of the uh, the problem for sure. And I think it be, as you explained, Ben, it's such a politically charged conversation that no one is pausing and no one is listening. And um, when, I mean, for me, when I, when I heard uh, what Dr. Ford was, was saying, it was so stressful and it was so, uh, I mean, I think we need to listen first of all, and, and really listen to, to, to what's going on and, it shouldn't be a political thing at all. It should just be what's the truth, right? You know what's going on here, and I think that's that kind of makes everything uh, distorted. Uh, the only thing that should matter to a follower of Jesus is the truth. You know what is the truth in this situation? Where we want, you know, it's obviously uh, horrendous to think of of uh, someone being, you know, someone trying to rape someone in at a party and and you know, that, that's the accusation. Uh, we need to take that very seriously. Yeah. And our only, no matter how much we politically would like to see someone, if that's where we're at, if we would like to see someone like, like, like this on the Supreme Court, we have to throw that all down and say, what's the truth about this? I got to know the truth. Yeah. No, I think in, in just general, it's, you know, I, I want to look at this case specifically and, and we will, but I, I do think as a principle for a follower of Jesus, we, we need to not get sucked. You know, it's funny, we call our podcast instant reaction sometimes, and, and that in and of itself is sort of becoming compliant with the culture of our day. Um, but I think there is some wisdom in simply um, going against the stream of our culture and pausing, saying, wait a minute, let, let's not rush to instant judgment. Let's, let's really, and this is for both sides, right? This is yeah, not, not just for um, you know, if you're on the, it sounds crazy to say pro or against, this is a deeply human thing, but there is incredible wisdom in what James is saying is that we need, we do not listen enough. Our culture is the opposite of what James is saying. We are quick to react, slow to listen, and instantly angry. And, and that is, that is a hundred percent guaranteed way of getting it wrong, right? I mean, how often have I been in a situation where, where I hear just a partial piece of the truth, I become angry and I react and then I find out later that I didn't even have it right. And then I feel very embarrassed and I have to kind of recover myself and apologize. So I think as a principle, if you're a follower of Jesus and you're saying, I don't know how to navigate this, you don't need to react as quickly as you think. That's probably the biggest thing. And certainly not in our social media age. Maybe that don't even go there, but just in terms of your own mind, take the time to really listen, to really gather the information and certainly not to react in a knee jerk way, right? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if you do this, Ben, but like I will start reading an article, you know, online yeah. and I can hardly read it because my, I'm so biased. 
Right. It's 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 like I I don't want to slow down enough to really get the facts because yeah. I just have such an agenda. Or if I'm in a conversation with somebody and I'm not really listening to what they're saying, right, right, right. But I'm coming up with what I'm going to say next, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like both both parties are doing that. No one is listening to anybody, right? And so we we don't even we can't even slow down enough. We can't even. Uh, be quiet enough to actually hear what's going on. And right. I think that is a really a big point. Yeah. So in and of itself, that that's a principle. Like, I think we would probably solve a lot of problems if we would honestly listen. I, I think the second one that came to mind is to ponder the consequences. Um, if we can, for a moment, lay aside the incredibly complex political and societal context that this case is is sort of embedded in, and just think of it on a human level for a moment. I mean, ponder the consequences. Really, there are two possibilities in this specific case. And in the case of a lot of people who who face similar situations, one, either a guilty man is lying and is, you know, possibly possibly going to get away with a very heinous crime. That That's reality one. Or an innocent man is being falsely accused. And again, I'm not going to look into the the credibility of Dr. Ford or whether she remembered right or not, or if she it's so many years went by that she's confused or whatever. I'm just saying it's possible that an innocent man is being falsely accused and that in the process, his life is being destroyed. Those are your two possibilities. Those aren't two great possible outcomes. And as a third party person that has no real understanding of the situation, none of us can sit here and say that we truly know what happened. None of us, all the political analysts out there, all of the, from you know, the media experts and the Hollywood actors and actresses, no one really knows other than those two people and maybe this third guy really what happened. And so I think we need to be very cautious and very careful to be not, not to be so callous in either direction, right? Because think about the possibilities I just said. Either a guilty man is going to get away with doing something horrible or an innocent man is going to have his life destro- destroyed for something he did not do. And so I think we need to not be so arrogant in, in treating this so lightly. Don't you see a lot of that sort of affecting the narrative and the responses people are having? Well, of course, but that's because it's it's really not about the the, the crime. It, that's not, it's about the political situation. What? That's why people on both sides are so in a frenzy over it. Well, I don't it's think not that, a, that might be a little bit of an oversimplification, don't you think? I mean, I think there are some people that are genuinely upset because they they have personally experienced the the abusive sexual assault culture of our day and yeah. and they see this you know from their point of view they see this as another example of a white male in power abusing someone and getting and, and potentially getting away with it i'm not saying that's what's happened but to simply say this is just political it's not i think that's a generalization don't you think well it yeah it could be a generalization but i guess uh it's because no one wants to Again, I, I that's a generalization when I say no one, but it feels to me like no one wants to just slow down enough to find out what really happened, or there's just a lot of uh, people shouting it at each other uh, right. with with saying, you know, this is you got to believe her no matter what, and other people saying no, there's not enough evidence. Instead of just let's let's find out what really happened, let's take the time, let's make sure that we know the truth because. As you said, it's about people's lives here. It's not right. just, uh, and, and be, it's a serious thing. And so, 
but you're not, you know, it feels to me like it, the, the discourse is so charged that you can't even say that. You can't yeah, even but, say but again, that's, that's the pattern I'm attempting to establish here, which is as a follower of Jesus, you need to first pause, right? Not react instantly. You need to yep. listen and gather the information. But I think part of that is, is also contemplating or putting yourself in their shoes, in both of their shoes. Right. Because I, I think that, you know, the, like I said, the consequences for either of them are potentially devastating, right? I mean, if, mm-hmm. if, if what she says really happened, it's horrible. And she's had to live, the, live with this for decades and is potentially facing the reality now that, you know, now has to kind of have this thrown in her face. And, and on the other end of that, here's a guy with a family who, if this is not true, is, I mean, you can't, I can't imagine what's being said about him and to him behind closed doors. Can you imagine the kind of emails and the kind of things that are being done? Imagine being his wife or his kids in a situation like this. If he truly is innocent, then the consequences are devastating. So I'm laying out a pattern here that I think what will allow us to approach this with the right humility, regardless of our political perspective, is to humanize it, is to empathize with it, to not, like you say, turn this into a political slogan, but to say, what if it was my dad? What if it was my husband that was having these accusations levied against him? Or what if this was my daughter or my wife or my mom that, that had, you know, was accusing this person of doing something? How would I feel? And by humanizing it, I think we will approach it with the proper humility and sober-mindedness that we need to, um, to not turn this into something that it isn't, but to really truly view this in human light. Yeah, I mean, I at the end of the day, um, this I, I believe that something terrible happened to her, and it and it could be that it was Kavanaugh that did it. And I'm not. How do I know? I don't know. So I believe that what she said was she wasn't making it up, and so her life has been really messed up because of this terrible thing that happened to her when she was a teenager. And his life is messed up too now, even no matter what. No matter what, yeah. No matter what, it doesn't matter now if he's guilty or innocent or anything. His life is pretty much ruined. Um, And maybe if he's guilty, I I don't, if he's guilty, I don't think he should go to jail. I mean, if he tried to to rape somebody. He should go to to jail, yeah. Yeah, so, so, so to me, it's not a, that would be, that would be right and just. But because of this, uh, it's it's over in in some regards, but I think it's again because you know we don't when you feel when you have it's like you know I'm against abortion. I think abortion is is uh, is murder. But I talk about this like if I were to write just write a song, you know, abortion is bad, you know, an abortion is bad song. Um, but I don't empathize with girls who feel so trapped. Uh, they're in such desperate situation that they feel like their only option is to kill their unborn baby. Or the men that are compliant and even yeah, pushing no, yeah, them abso- or pressuring oh, absolutely. them. Absolutely. Not just a- absolutely. Yeah, it's complicated. Not you know that doesn't mean it changes my view on what I think about abortion, but I need to feel the the pain of this these girls that are feel like that's their only option. And uh, so so I think what you're saying, Ben, about empathy is really an important part as a follower of Jesus. You know, don't you wonder where the empathy is on either side, honestly? Well, yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, but it's like no, it's nowhere to be found. But I guess, 
I would expect more who claim to be Christ followers. You right. Know what I mean? We should be leading the charge in empathy. And again, so so again, I'm trying to lay out this pattern. Pause. I think you ponder the consequences. I think that would lead you to respond in humility. But then I think we need to defend the process. I think we need to cel- like celebrates the wrong verb. We need to welcome and encourage the process. Um because, you know, again, that's where we should be on the side of, yeah, let this be fully investigated. Of course, there's political implications. People think this is a stall tactic uh, for the Senate majority to change so that, um, again, if you want to look more into the political implications of this, the Senate has to ultimately approve the nomination. Uh, right now, it's a Republican majority. The midterm, midterm elections are coming up November 8th. If that switches, this could severely hinder the ability of, well, in fact, it would end the possibility of Brett Kavanaugh becoming the nomination. He will not be on the Supreme Court as a judge if it flips to a Democratic majority. A lot of people think this is a stall tactic, but I, I really think that political, you know, conspiracy may be too strong, but c- political conspiracies aside, we need to then defend the process, but defend it, I think, in the way that we've recognized it in Western culture, right? This idea right, right. That, that we we need to understand the implications and the precedent that this case may um, produce. Yes, let it be 100% clear. Every accusation of sexual assault needs to be taken seriously. Christians should be at the forefront of holding men and themselves accountable. It is abhorrent what is being done in a systematic way to abuse women, to um, sexually assault them. All of that. We need to be on the forefront as followers of Jesus of fighting that, of dealing with that, of not marginalizing or minimalizing it in the slightest but if we start to dismantle uh, th- this Western legal ideal of innocent until proven guilty, if we start to dismantle that, in fact, it's considered a part of the UN's de- Declaration of Human Rights. If we start to change that precedent that now you are not, in fact, you are guilty until proven innocent, that has massive implications. You look at some of the worst totalitarian governments and societies in history and one of the features of that society was that they could falsely or they could imprison, let's not even say falsely, they could imprison or punish someone with no process. It was like they just decided categorically, you're wrong, you're off to jail or murder or execution or whatever. And I think we need to be very cautious about sort of this groupthink mentality that categorically accepts something about someone without defending the Western ideal of innocent until proven guilty. Isn't that part of this conversation? Yeah, I mean, that's why groupthink is so dangerous. I, you know, Jordan Peterson talks about that, how, how this, they did this, this uh, test where they drew two lines that were the exact same length, and then, and then they had people start talking about how one line was longer than the other, and just the groupthink made everyone believe that one lo- line was longer than the other. That's why you have to... You have to have this, uh, you can't just because of accusation be declared guilty because it's, it's, it's terrible, the consequences of that. Mm. I mean, when we were on tour in Albania, I was talking to someone who grew up there when it was a socialistic state, kind of like how North Korea is now. Yeah. And he told me that he had friends who just because they were accused of a crime, they were sent off to a labor camp, you know, simply because they were accused of a crime. And so without any need to verify whether the, the accusation was true or not. So I tell you, this is really important, you know, that we don't lose uh, this amazing 
uh, mm. fundamental right that we've that we've had uh, that, that I think has has made our society um, a place where you can actually function. function. You know, yeah. yeah, it's not perfect, but. Yeah, man, this would be uh, a terrible slippery slope to go down, I think. Yeah, and we need to also not create false dichotomies. For me to say that we need to respect the process, we need to protect our Western ideals of innocent till guilty, till proven guilty, does in no way minimize or or um, disrespect taking seriously accusations. Those are not mutually exclusive no. statements. I can say. 100% Dr. Ford's accusations need to be taken seriously. This is a Supreme Court, potential Supreme Court judge. I mean, even just as a man working at a grocery store, these accusations should be taken extremely seriously. But that doesn't mean that I should then forego the process because of some group think, right? right. I mean, that is incredibly dangerous. Let the process play out. And as a yep. follower of Jesus, pause and listen. Ponder the consequences, respond in humility, and then defend the process. Because if we create a society where every accusation is deemed true without any facts, without any process, without any evidence, we are, we are going down a dangerous, dangerous, slippery slope that I don't think anyone, regardless of your political opinions, we want to create that kind of society. I mean, that just means that anyone who's in power has absolute power at that point. And that's totalitarianism. That's not the democracy that we're pretending to fight for. And so I think we need to not create these false dichotomies. And somehow to accuse someone, to, to call someone guilty when you have no personal information, when you have no – most people haven't even looked into it. That doesn't make you noble. That makes you a fraud. That makes you a fraud. Yeah. And that makes you an advocate of an ideal that I don't think you've really thought through. I don't think you've really thought through the implications of what that could mean. So, yes – it is horrible what is being done to women, and it is great that there is a day of reckon, reckoning and that men are finally being held accountable, and I hope this produces – I have a daughter, a three-month-old daughter. I don't want her to grow up in a society with systemic sexual assault, and it's horrible, but I also have a, a son who I don't want to have, have the possibility of him being falsely accused with and not being able to have a process to determine if it's true or not. And so we really need to think through the implications and defend the process. Yeah, well said, Ben. I think that is that is the point. And as far as uh, Judge Kavanaugh is concerned, if he's guilty, he should he should go to jail. And and let's find out the truth. Let's find out, you know, let's 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 dig into this and find out the truth. And and uh, I agree. I we need to do everything we can to stand up for. The, the the oppressed people who are being uh, marginalized and hurt and, and women who have been you know who've suffered so much um, because of this kind of thing we need to stand up for them we need to be the ones leading the way yeah uh, it's that needs to be more important than our any political agenda right and that that is the really insidious part of all of this is I get that you could be afraid about the direction of this country on either end of the spectrum right if you're for sure. If you're on the conservative end of the spectrum and you fear that this is a political tactic to essentially change the balance of power, right, or to hold on to the power and not allow yeah. the balance of power to shift, and you you are fear that he will produce change in this country that is fundamentally opposed to your ideological stances, I get the fear. And and I on, on either end of the spectrum, I understand the fear. 
but these are human beings we're talking about. And, 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 you know, the way I, this is going to be an opinion of mine, but the way uh, Brett Kavanaugh was characterized as being this sort of irrational, angry person. If, if this was my family and if I was, again, there is a possibility he's innocent, right? Yeah. And if he is, how angry would I be? How angry would I be that my family has to be dragged through this mess as potentially a political ploy? And again, I'm not suggesting that Dr. Ford is 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 lying here, but I I can say unequivocally that there are people on both sides of the aisle that are are this is a political game and there are pawns sure. in it. And like you said, the damage has already been done. Yeah. I, I think the damage for both sides has already been done and it's Yep. It's tragic, and that we would, as followers of Jesus, be compliant in that by rushing to judgment, by having bumper sticker ideology, by failing to follow the example of Jesus, I think is is reprehensible. And we need to lead the way, not only in dealing with the pervasive sexual assault, abusive culture in society, but also loving our enemies and being slow to judge. That 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 is part of this, and and the 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 fact that we've been swept up into the knee jerk political culture of our times, I think is just evidence that for many following Jesus is cultural anyway, and and in many ways it's on par, if not subjugated to their political ideology, and that's part of the problem. Yep. So, my last point here ultimately is that we need to pray that the truth comes out, and 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 ultimately judgment is God's as well right? Mm-hmm. Yep. We may not ever know the truth, but God knows, right? And, and there is going to be divine judgment for all of the abuse that takes place, the ones that are discovered and the ones that aren't. Um, and, and we need to pray as sincerely pray as followers of Jesus that the truth comes out here. Um, and, and then ultimately rest assured that, and, and this can seem like maybe a cop out to someone who is, who is, you know, maybe spiritually ambivalent, but God is in control, right? And we're not he, we're not, he is not like, oh man, if this, I really don't know what's going to happen. If, if he does, you know, if, if you're on the side of Brett Kavanaugh has to be a Supreme Court judge, God is ultimately in control. He is sovereign. Um, and as followers of Jesus, that is ultimately where our hope and solution lies. Is not in, in, the, in politics, but in, in the gospel and in the power of God working through his followers in the world. Uh, and if we would spend a little less time with our political sloganeering and more time trying to live in light of who Jesus calls us to be, I think not only would react better to political situations like this, but we'd actually have an impact on the people around us, um, which I think ultimately is where change takes place in the first place. We'd we'd have some credibility. That too, which would not hurt. Would not hurt. Anyway, this is a, a deeply, deeply personal issue, and I'm sure there are people listening who they've personally experienced this, and so we in no way take this lightly. Um, there are massive implications and things at stake here, um, and I think as followers of Jesus, we need to subjugate our political beliefs to the lordship of Jesus, ultimately. And if we're not willing to do that, then we're not having a conversation right now. Then we're not on the same page, because if we're not submitted ultimately to Jesus, then then we are going to be stuck in political arguments. Um, but if we truly want to know how he wants us to live, then I think he would have us respond in humility he would have us be slow to react. He would have us deeply care about the human beings involved. He would have us want to defend a system that ultimately is for the maximum flourishing of all people involved, uh, and that he would want us for, to pray for the truth to come out and for healing to take place in the lives of ultimately both parties and, and justice to be served. 
And like you've said repeatedly, if he is guilty, he needs to pay for that. Um, but if he's innocent, I pray that, that he can survive this, this horrible ordeal. And, and we really need to, to have God's sympathy in this situation. So, yeah, any last, last comments or should I close it down? No, I think, uh, I think I said what I felt about the situation. You know, yeah. I, I, just w- I just would like to see the truth. That's all. I just want yeah. to know the truth. Anyway, thank you for listening to the Provoke and Inspire podcast, a little bit more straightforward edition. Uh, if you have questions, comments, or concerns, which you may have, uh, send those into Provoke and Inspire at comeandlive.com. Uh, I, I would encourage you not to, re- to necessarily comment on social media, although if you really feel compelled to do so, again, I don't think that's the most productive form for these kinds of conversations. Um, otherwise, reach out to a friend, um, study the scriptures, ask God how he'd have you respond and uh, ultimately, let's 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 try to be a force for legitimate change, uh, and, and not just add to the the noise and the hate and the the division. So, anyway, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Peace. Thanks for listening to Provoke and Inspire, the official Come and Live podcast. To hear past podcasts, go to comeandlive.com. Got a question for the guys? Send it in to provokeandinspire at comeandlive.com. 